welcome to the Filipino American Woman Project, also known as Tifa Project for short, a podcast show that features stories and life lessons told by American women of Filipino descent. We're your co-hosts, Jen Amos. And I'm Nani Dominguez. And thank you for joining us. If today's conversation resonates with you, text us and let us know at 415-484-8329. And if you want to show us some love, buy us boba at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Jen and Nani. It says coffee, but we love boba. Again, that's www.buymeacoffee.com slash Jen and Nani. Awesome. With that said, thank you all for your love and support. Now let's get into the show. All right. Hello, everyone. Happy 2022. I know that I can't say it's a new year because we're already toward the end of quarter one or the first quarter. But I'm Jen Amos, creator and co-host of the Filipino American Woman Project. And as always, I have my amazing co-host with me, Nani Dominguez, and and our special guest, Hero. Nani and and Hero, welcome back. (laughs) Nani and co are here. (laughs) Hello, hello. Yes. And I just want to start off by saying thank you to our biasboba.com supporters and members. Honestly, the reason why we are doing this recording is because I realized that, you know, last year we kept saying, hey, if you want to hear from us in the off season, make sure you support us on biasboba.com. For every 20 cups of boba, we would plan on publishing an episode. And so honestly, we did not keep up to our promise. I apologize. And when I realized that we do have, we've racked up a couple of um, cups of boba (laughs) throughout the off season, it only made sense for us to come back and obviously have this show for you also available via video. So if you are listening to this and you want to see us via video, check out the show notes. We'll have a direct link to the YouTube link in which you can watch. Nani, any opening thoughts you want to share to our biasboba.com members and supporters? Just thank you for being here. And yeah, we have been having a lot of fun with you guys on biasboba.com while we've been in the off season for Tifa Project. And it's been really refreshing just to interact with you guys over there and have that kind of separate space for, for our community where we can be kind of more raw and candid, very candid. If you watched our latest book club episode. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Sober so, yeah. free. <laughs> If you're curious what's going on there and you're not already a member, go on over to biasboba.com and check it out. Yeah. So thank you all for your support in the off season. It was really validating. And we're going to bring on our guest here in a second. You know, one of my biggest fears in wrapping up our last season was that we're going to be forgotten. Long and behold, we have incredible fans and supporters such as Rachel Hernandez, who really had been in communication with us really throughout most of last year, even before we went off season to just engage with us and email us and text us and DM us and all the messages (laughs) possible. Rachel has been an active listener and supporter of our show. And so let me go ahead and bring on Rachel. So like I said, Rachel Hernandez, also known as Mobile Homegirl, is a bestselling author, real estate investor, international speaker, and podcaster. And I just want to add a Tifa Project supporter and lover. <laughs> I want to just add that myself. Rachel, <laughs> welcome to the Filipino American Woman Project. Thank you so much, Jen and Nani. It is an honor to be here. I'm just so excited to talk to y'all and also meet our special guest. Hi, Hero. <laughs> Hello. He's busy now chewing on his giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep him distracted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Rachel, I feel like this was a long time coming. I actually decided to do some research. So you don't know this, but I actually went back to all of our messages, all of them. And Nani can (laughs) affirm this because she was part of it. But I was reading all of our messages via email, text message, DMs to make sure that, you know, I finally caught up with everything you sent us. (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) um, And more importantly, it's like to just know that we have listeners like that who go out of their way to engage with us. You know, very often Nani and I mentioned that, you know, we kind of do this in the dark, like figuratively speaking, like we're not actively seeing our, you know, listeners physically. And so when we hear from them, it's very validating to us. And so actually, Rachel, I don't know if you know this, but one of the first messages you ever sent me was in April of 2021 via Facebook message. And I'm trying to remember what the conversation was about, but I think you were introduced to me through someone we know. (laughs) 
through a nonprofit. And all that being said, I just want to say, I think the episode will be out around this time, but happy almost one year anniversary since we have connected. Wow, I'm impressed, Jen. You've done your research because I have not gone back and read all our messages. Too many, I guess, right? Well, I wouldn't say too many. What we often say to our listeners is that, you know, we will respond to every message eventually. (laughs) Because she does, does, y'all. She does. (laughs) Yeah. Because, you know, we have lives, just as you know. And, but either way, it is really affirming to us to be able to like know that people are actively engaging with us. And you have definitely been one of those. So I just want to take this time to thank you again for your engagement and your support. No problem. Y'all are, it's a great show. I would have never found you had it not been for Asian Podcasters Association. Lee Yuhara um, had actually told me about y'all. And she kept saying, you got to check out Jenny Amos. You got to listen to Tifa, Filipino American Woman Project, blah, blah, blah. And it was like a broken record. I'm like, okay, fine. And then I did. I'm like, well, this is actually a really good show. It had good production value. You didn't ramble. It was a certain time period. So I really, really, really commend y'all. You do produce a really good and professional show. Thank you so much for saying that because we actually have shared some thoughts about audio quality critiqued by a certain organization that I'm not going to say out loud here. And that episode is actually going to be out on Chismas with Jen and Nani. Nani and I kind of disclose how we really feel about a certain organization. (laughs) And so I will tell that more with you offline. But for you to say that we actually do a quality production show and the fact that you see that and recognize it, it really means a lot to, to me and I'm sure Nanya as well. So thank you so much for letting us know. Jen, I am in the real estate space. I have heard worse <laughs> on the telephone <laughs> and people will listen for the content. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. They'll still go out of the way to listen to it. really bad. <laughs> so y'all put okay. a good show on. I'm glad we don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> we are very appreciative of you, Rachel, and all that you've shared with us. And I was also surprised to see like we've been interacting with you. You know, you're one of the listeners that we engage really often with. And I guess I didn't realize that it had been so long, like a year already since we've been introduced and like exchanging emails and everything. <laughs> so yeah, it just feels like we've known each other forever, I guess. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're very easy to talk to and very easy to engage with. And you offer a lot to our show. I'm an extrovert. So just tell me <laughs> when to be quiet. <laughs> yeah, we need that around here sometimes, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I that. That energy. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. Honestly, like, I used to like not want to be around extroverts for a long time, just because it, it could be draining for me as an introvert. Mm-hmm. But I kind of think like, oh, I can just leverage them to carry on the conversation with someone else. You know, <laughs> like if I'm in a, amongst a group of friends, it's like, oh, I could just hang out and like, you know, be present with people and kind of absorb what's going on as opposed to feeling like I have to like be the show in a sense. I'm not saying that exactly. extroverts have to be the show, but that's sort of how I often feel if I'm part of a big group. But I feel uncomfortable to do that just because I would prefer to you know, have one-to-one or one-to-two people to interact with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as extroverts, we always get called on in big groups. So <laughs> they just know we'll talk. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love it. Well, Rachel, what we're going to do this because something that we kind of have been hinting at our listeners is when we officially start our new season for the new year, I know we're already in March, at least at the time of this recording, but just hang around. <laughs> <laughs> Bear with we us. are we are planning on doing a complete rebranding of the show. And so until then, though, I think what we're going to do today is go through the questions that we had typically asked guests in the past, which I think is still very fitting. Honestly, I think if Nani and I reviewed these questions, we would stick with it anyway. <laughs> like we probably wouldn't really change them. So first being is I already asked you like a little bit about actually, I didn't even ask you. You just told us like how you heard <laughs> about our show and really what compelled you to listen and even support. So I just, you know, couldn't thank you anymore for, you know, your continual support and all that good stuff. And so the next question I actually not even the next question, the first question <laughs> I want to get to is as you know, this is called the Filipino American Woman Project and I think that everyone defines what that means differently like in their own way. And so Rachel, I'm very fascinated with actually your family history. I want you to share it in your words. 
But tell us a little bit about your background, like your family history, and why you would identify yourself as a Filipino American woman. Okay, first thing I want to do a disclaimer here. When people see me, they don't think I'm Filipino. Even Filipinos don't believe I'm Filipino. They think I'm Korean or some mix. It was funny because I was actually at the mall one day with my mother-in-law, and I was actually mistaken for a Japanese pop star. People were asking for (laughs) autographs. So I kind of have this generic face, but like when I first met my husband- no, I said, <laughs> no. <Just> checking. <laughs> and his mom was so, she was like, oh my God, they think you're famous. Oh my God. Oh my God. So I have a generic face and I think I'm just kind of like, you know, I'm not trying to brag, just photogenic. I've been asked to model and act and stuff like that. Yes. But yeah. But the thing is, I am Filipino American. When I first met my husband, he thought I was Korean. When I met the Korean market, they think I'm Korean. So, you know, that's one of the things that I get. Like, you're Filipino? What? You don't even look Filipino. What are and the I, Korean, like, features do they think that you hold? I mean, I think when I see a Filipino, I think I know they're Filipino, but I never assume anymore. So, like, has anyone ever described, like, why they think you're Korean? I think it's because I'm kind of more on the lighter skinned. And I do know the language. So, you know, oh. I say, Hanyu, hasehyo, you know, like stuff like that. I Because yeah. I've studied, I'm a nerd. I've studied culture. So I've studied Filipino culture. I've studied Korean culture. I've studied the whole history of China. Japan's like on my list. I do that. Like every year, there's something I'm studying for fun. People are like, how do you have time for this? I wake up at five in the morning. But anyways, wow, that's going off. Yeah. So people don't believe I'm Filipino. Like even Filipinos don't believe I'm Filipino. And my husband's like, it's just because of the way you look and the way you carry yourself. And disclaimer, my husband is Filipino American. He's darker skinned than me, but he's, he's Americanized. Then when Filipinos, they come up to me, it's like, oh, you're Filipino. They came, I always get immigrants asking me, where are you from? <laughs> it's never the Caucasian people, not the Latino people, not the African-Americans. It's always the immigrants that are like they're from Mexico or, you know, Philippines. Oh, where are you from? Were you born here or born there? And I'm like. That is you know, always that's actually like question. really interesting that you bring that up because like I was just walking the beach with my husband like a couple days ago and like he had mentioned that he met this couple and we happened to run into the couple when I was walking on the beach with him. And, you know, in the back of my mind, I could immediately tell that they're a Filipino couple, but I didn't want to say it. So I was just like talking to them like I would with, you know, any other people we would run into because we have that Southern hospitality here where I live. And so everyone's like super friendly anyway, regardless of if you're Filipino or not. And eventually, like I was talking to the wife and the husband comes up because he was like taking care of their dog. And he was all like, he's like, are you Filipino? (laughs) And I was all like, I was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's all like, I could tell you're Filipino. I'm surprised you guys didn't bring that up sooner. And, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm kind of like, I personally am uncomfortable asking that question, despite having a Filipino American woman project podcast show. It's like, I want people to come forth and tell me, I don't want to assume because even if I get it right, what does that really mean? You know, it's like, we all are so different in our own way. We all have, you know, come from different backgrounds, even as Filipinos. And, you know, some of us are straight from the Philippines. Some of us are Americanized, like, like you and myself and and Nani. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, what does that even mean? If like you say, yes, I am Filipino. So I think that's always a a very interesting question that comes up um, is like, are you Filipino? And it's like, well, so what if I am like, what is that supposed to mean? What is that supposed to mean between us? You know, so I I just think it's very interesting that you share that because that just reminds me of of an incident that happened to me just recently. Yeah, I don't look Filipino. So just so y'all know, but I am on the Filipino American Woman Project. Yeah. I have so Filipino now this confirms American. it. <laughs> yes. And thank you for believing me. Yeah. <laughs> but I will tell you my story. So yes, I was born here in the States. Okay. Born in California. Like you, Jen. I'm a Cali girl. I don't yes, use that Cal- terminology. I'm, you know, more conservative. But anyways, <laughs> I was born in, and raised in Orange County. And so my parents are from the Philippines, but they actually didn't meet 
until they came to the United States. Oh, wow. Yeah, they came, I think, in the 70s with the Immigration Act of 1965. Mm-hmm. There's a book, The Latinos of Asia. I don't know if you've all read that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have Caitlin, not. Caitlin, if you're listening, book club, but it's a great <laughs> book because it talks about, well, here's my history. It talks about the second wave. So we've been reading about the Carlos Bulosan book and then the right. Don Mal- the, about the first wave of the Filipinos who immigrated to the United right. States. Right. This is the next wave. And these are the professionals. Yeah. The Immigration Act of 1965 opened up a lot of doors. My husband's family included. The professionals came. It was after 1965 when that opened up the door. So my parents were part of that wave because my dad, Mm. he was a mechanical engineer, just like your dad, Nani. He had a Uh degree from the Philippines. I don't know much about his background because he doesn't talk about it, just like your family. You know, Nani, you had stated on on Uh the podcast. Yeah. But I know that my dad's whole thing about the Philippines is like, there's nothing there. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so poor. And yeah. It's corrupt. And why yeah. did you go there? Like, I went there, like, <laughs> I think a couple years ago because my husband's friend had gotten married and I actually got to see all the poverty. Yeah. And mm-hmm. as a kid, my parents really shielded me away from the poverty. Like, don't yeah. look at poor people. We were in Mexico, like, on a cruise and. Cover your eyes, you know, when you're small, Mm. like stuff. So I never got to see, you know, uh, poor people. So my dad, I don't know what his background, he won't talk about it. I know he was educated in the Philippines as a mechanical engineer. Then he came to the States and he was very just like me. I get maybe that's where I get my workaholic tendencies. Workaholic, uh, you know, I just want to make a lot of money. So he already had his degree, then he got his MBA and then went into upper management. And then so, that's his side. My mom's side, she comes from old money, like Jen had said. Mm-hmm. I talked to Jen about this before, but, and I hope y'all don't hate me. We'll <laughs> see. But my mom's family owned a lot of land in the Philippines. So she's from the Visayas, and basically they were the absentee landowners that you actually read about in those books that book club, you know. Wow, um, that's interesting. Yes. So basically, she grew up on a plantation. She had servants. Yeah. Wow. It came out a couple of years ago. Those servants weren't paid. So I think Mm. that her side of the family had slaves. So, I mean, I'm not proud of it. (laughs) Yeah. So my grandfather, they don't tell me much, but he was in politics in the Philippines. Mm. And they left the Philippines just before it went into martial law under President Marcus. And I asked my mom, you know, why did you leave? She's like, everything was changing. The politics is changing. So I think they were running away. They could have been ousted. I don't know. Yeah, I know that my uncle, who's actually, he has a PhD, they're all educated. My mom went to one of the most prestigious colleges in the Philippines. They they were on doctors, lawyers, I mean, everything, professionals. Wow. One of my uncle was, for five years under Marcus, he was actually a political prisoner. And wow. my mom's side of the family had to pay the Philippine government, and I guess through their connections, to get him out. So they, wow. you know, they came, a lot of people on the show, they're running towards something, towards a better life. I think for my family, like my parents, they already had that life, mm-hmm. but they had to run away from it because everything was changing, you know, there because their attitudes, like there's nothing there. Why are you even learning about your history? My dad was like, why did you even go back there? There's just poor people there. And then he would tell me like, did you know that if you live in the Philippines, you can't just go to the store and get guitar strings for your guitar? I'm like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. So as a kid, we moved every five to seven years because I learned from book club, I guess the Visayans, Jen, they actually like to be more sophisticated and, you know, live lavish lifestyles. And now i now I see it, you know. Yeah. So my mom always wanted a bigger house, more stuff. Came from a very materialistic family. 
And my dad just was wanting to work all the time, all the time. He's like, you don't need friends. You know, you've got work. That's his advice to me. Wow. You, know? you don't need and friends. You've got work. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, he would just work, you know, and it wasn't like, oh, you know, we really have to pay the bills. No, it was just, I just want to work because I mean, you know, I guess the house that, you know, they own now after we moved so many times, I mean, Tom Cruise at one point had a vacation house in that neighborhood in Orange County. So who needs a 3000 square foot home with four cars? And like, you know, I grew up with a lot of stuff being materialistic, but my parents rarely spent time with me. My dad was always working. My mom, she was a nurse and she had a college degree in that, but she got an inheritance when my grandparents died from the family money. So she had a social life. So like me growing up, we had nannies, we had gardeners. She's like the Philippines. I'm like, what is this, the Philippines? And then, so I would actually, my husband's like, that is the weirdest thing. I would go on vacation with other people's families. I would have dinner with other people's families because my parents weren't around that much as a kid. So I didn't have that closest, like, like what you had, Jen, with your dad you know, in your family, and then Nani growing up with your your cousins and all that, and aunts, mm-hmm. I did not have that. Yeah. And it's funny, because the opposite, my husband's family, like, they're on speed dial, like, I, you're talking to my dad, what? Like, he <laughs> grew up in the traditional Filipino household, household. Yeah. like, we gotta have dinner, hey, you gotta, we got, hey, we're, we're, we're eating right now, you know, and his mom would cook, like, my, my parents, my parents, here's 20 bucks, go get Taco Bell, you know, I mean, that's mm-hmm. really what it is. Mm-hmm. And so growing up, when I got older, I began to question things, like beliefs. And I will say there are a lot of things that I don't agree that maybe they had these beliefs, but I don't agree with. There's a lot of prejudice, racism. Like I will tell you all, you know, that book that Carlos Bolison book, yeah, all the stuff they said about the Filipinos and the Ilocanos, my parents said about that. Like, yeah, they're like savages. They're no good. And did you know Ilocanos eat dog? And I'm just like, oh. Yeah. And my dad, he would say things like, oh, Mexicans are so lazy. Yeah, we had gardeners that were Mexican. Okay, <laughs> and don't even uh, get me started on the Chinese. He's like. There are so many Chinese, they're like cockroaches. And going back Whoa. into history, going back into history, I probably have that Chinese merchant because they're the ones that had the money back then, you know, in the old days mm. in the Philippines. In the I probably yeah. have that. Yeah. And I, I studied, if y'all have any questions, I studied all those dynasties yeah. for China. But anyways, I'm sure I have that. So, and... Don't even get me started on politics. And I'm not going to, I know this is not a political show, but it is just, I just could not just listen. Like my mom would just send me all kinds of texts supporting what happened with the Capitol, you know, raid. I'm just, oh my God, like borderline fascism. Yeah. So I really had to get out of that environment. Mm-hmm. Had I not met my husband, I would probably, I kid you not be an arranged marriage with someone who had money and wow. who was Caucasian. Oh, yeah. oh <laughs> yeah, so. I see. Yeah. 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 So. <laughs> yeah. That's a toxic environment to be in, even if it is talking about yeah. the people that raised you, you know, and for you to even be able to detach yourself enough from that experience to understand like, you know, a little bit of perspective. Uh, when you hold it up against like, you know, the rest of the world and for you to be able to like speak that way about your family. And also I love the history lesson that just came with your family background, by the way, that was great. (laughs) Do you hate me now? No, no, no. I love the history lesson. And the fact that you're so close to all of this information is wild. You know, like you mentioned, I've talked about on the show before how it was like pulling teeth to get this kind of information out of my grandma and grandpa and they would mm-hmm. you know the same mm-hmm. kind of just keep trying to turn me off of the idea like why do you even want to know about mm-hmm. the philippines and your filipino identity like you live here you're here just go like be american 
be in the world, exactly. you know, but exactly. it sounds like at least some people in your family are willing to divulge you in these details. And even if they're not, you're able to pick up on just their normal behaviors, how that fits in with the context of our history, you know, and I think right. a lot of what you're saying you kind of like come at odds with your family about is like generational traumatic response. You know? Yeah. And it got so bad. Like as a kid, I couldn't be friend with people who were dark skinned. I yeah. just could not. My mom wouldn't let me. I could not be friend with Muslims. I had a good wow. Muslim friend in high school and my mom would not. I'm like, I'm sorry. She's my friend. Yeah. And she actually went into an arranged marriage because of her parents got yeah. divorced, had kids. You know, now she's happy. Yeah. But I did not want that life. That would have been my life because right. my mom would always be like, oh, there's some suitors. And usually they're Caucasian, <clears throat> had money from this family. It got so bad with, you know, my husband, oh, my parents, they would not include him in the pictures. Like, can oh. you move out of the way? And, I'll, and I, I cannot, I cannot, because they would send it to my relatives. Yeah. I just could not. And like, like crop like, him out or something. Yeah, You're like, well, excuse no, me. They, they, they wouldn't even allow it. And he's like, you know, I've never felt welcome to you in your family. Mm. You know, you've just got to put your foot down. And then they would say during Christmas, we would come over. Mm -hmm. Don't bring your in-laws. And they were darker skinned. Yeah. But what I learned about his mom's side, they had some money. They were from the Beagle region. Mm -hmm. But basically, they were in the banking industry. I mean, they're, they're darker, yeah, but they were out in the country. And I guess her brother, he was a higher up uh, in the treasury and finance, like a political, like, you know, someone political. So mm -hmm. just because they have dark skin, you know, so this is stuff that I've got to deal with. Yeah. Right. And y'all, you're going to laugh. I've been through therapy, you know, with this. And my husband's like, because the therapist is always like, what do you feel? He's like, that's going to make things worse. So for me, it's just I've accepted like this is my family. I don't try to fight it. Mm -hmm. I just, okay, yeah, okay. Did you know, you know, I just won't fight. I'm like, okay, you know, but yeah. I'm not close, you know, to my, I'm closer to his family than I am to them. Like they're my family. And he's like, did you know me from my family? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so no, I, I appreciate you like, just being so, again, candid about that and like open about how your family is and you don't necessarily agree with them, but obviously they're still your family. And I think that that's right. a predicament that a lot of us find ourselves in because all those things that you named, you know, are alive and well, like it's generational trauma. It's alive and well in all of our families. It just manifests differently maybe. But I think we all at some point find ourselves in that space where like, okay, I really don't agree with this. And I borderline like can't be around this person right. talking like this. And I can't really avoid them. So <laughs> where now. is like the happy medium where, you know, I can let them know like, this is uncomfortable for me, or I don't agree with you, or, you know, please don't talk like that around me, whatever your boundary mm -hmm. is, mm -hmm. while still saying like, it's coming from a place of love, because I want to get along with you. And I want to understand where you're coming from. And I also want you to do the same with me, right? But that's like not always a conversation that we can have because it no. takes two to tango. So, right. And um, my mom has walked away physically exactly. and yeah. on the phone. Let's not talk about this. And then she brings up politics again, you know? Yeah. So it got so bad that my brother was like, I just got to cut you off because I don't want my kid. He has like a three-year-old around this, this mm. political talk. Yeah, because it is borderline fascism, and I just can't yeah. deal with it. And can you imagine so, a little kid going to school and repeating no. some of that stuff that he hears at home? No. Like, yeah, I and I get as right. parent that has to be a boundary, you know? Right, right. So you know, y'all talk about like not being seen like through society as Filipinos. I'm not being seen, you know, in my own family. Mm -hmm. You know, they wanted me to live that Maria Clara type. You know, yeah. and my cousin who's older than me, she and she's living with her parents and she has kids and she's like, Why don't you just I mean you you get all this money and blah blah and it to me and I told Jen, I actually left to go to college. I paid for college on my own, got three jobs, I went to UC Irvine, got a philosophy degree, and my husband's like, 
you know, they're not even supporting you. So you don't even need them like financially. I've never needed them financially. Right. But it's always like, it's so funny because when he went to Germany, because he's, he's in the Air Force and he had to pay back the Air Force overseas. And I was in Texas trying to do this real estate business. My dad actually said, Rachel, if things don't work, <laughs> this is so funny. If things don't work out with your marriage, you can move back and live with us in Orange County and work at Best Buy. And here's the kicker. Here's Thanks, the kicker. Here's, yeah, here's the kicker. At that point, we had actually sold our entire real estate portfolio of single family homes. I was ready to make our next move. I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. It became mobile home investing. At that time, when he said that, I had $200,000 in cash in our bank account. Ooh. From that portfolio, but I didn't, yeah. you know, I'm like, I can't, <laughs> you know, yeah. so, you know, I mean, it's just one of those things, you know, that it is your family, but you also have to set your boundaries, mental health, yeah. you know, and that's kind of one of the things that I have, but I just, you know, sometimes it's just, it's too much. <laughs> so, yeah, I Definitely feel you. And I think, again, whatever those boundaries look like for you is what you need to do, you know, and you can't have that like guilt that comes with it of, oh, you know, everyone's going to say this if I don't show up here because I don't want to see this person or I don't want to be uncomfortable around them. You know, they just can't stop saying this, that and the other about this, that and the other. And they try to pull you in. There's always a reason. But in my family, it's always because of the money. Like my mom recently or some Christmas, she actually <laughs> told me, hey, I want to get a life insurance policy for your daughter. I have a daughter, y'all. And so she can pay for it for college, you know, and I read up because I'm in personal finance. They need your permission as the guardian for a life insurance policy. Yeah. But you will actually be the co-owner of that. Mm-hmm. So if my mom had stopped paying the life insurance policy, then we'd be on the hook. I'm like, I don't need this. And she was like, well, she can use it for something else and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, You're like, it sounds like a trap have, to me. <laughs> yeah, we already have a college fund set up for her and you can donate to it if you want. This is the thing I didn't tell her. That college fund, it's already funded for four years. My daughter's only nine. So we're looking at other investments for, you know, because college is done, you know, we've already got that built up. But I didn't say that. But it was just one of those things like, well, she can buy a house. I'm like, I can't deal with it. (laughs) You know, when when I hear your story, when I hear your story, Rachel, it kind of makes me think of like, oh, this is what Princess Jasmine's life would look like if she ran away with Aladdin. (laughs) (laughs) And what I mean by that is, you know, Princess Jasmine came from a place of privilege, fell in love and decided to, Mm -hmm. you know, live out his lifestyle and kind of do that hustle. And it sounds like you had every means to you know, and you mentioned to, the, to me in the past, like kind of be that quote unquote trophy wife, like your mom, you could have easily have just been that socialite, you could have easily have, you know, lived in easy lifestyle. But what you have come to find in your upbringing is you didn't like what came with that lifestyle. You didn't like the neglect of your parents. You didn't like the, you know, the chismis, the gossip, the politics, like you didn't like mm-hmm. that stuff. Like you wanted something different for yourself. And so, you know, I really just have to say, you know, kudos to you for wanting to do that. And I also really do appreciate you sharing your side of the story. I think very often when we have guests on the show, and maybe it's because we don't always ask our guests this, but you know, we often hear about us, like you mentioned earlier, trying to be seen and trying to put ourselves out there. But in a sense, you were kind of already set up for that, but you wanted something different, you know? And, you know, the whole story between the Visayans versus the Ilocanos, like my dad was Ilocano, and therefore my grandpa, who was part of the farmer's um I wouldn't say farm workers movement, but definitely part of the, you know, the farmers, the the Monarch generation. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. The Monarch Mm -hmm. generation in the early 1900s. And I do recall in reading in Little Manila's in the heart, as well as America's in the heart with uh, Carlos Bulasan that like, you know, the scions and you just, you know, said it here, like really looked down upon Ilocanos. And I think even amongst the the Filipino group, Ilocanos were kind of considered at the bottom of the totem pole of all Filipinos. And so it's just really interesting to, you know, hear your perspective and your side. I mean, technically, we're not supposed to like each other, you know, but here we are. Uh-oh. <laughs> right? Uh-oh. Like, I mean, I, I don't have any ill feelings, obviously, but I, I think like based off of history, 
you know, we're supposed to be resentful or anything. I you can't know? deal with it because if they met you, if my parents met you, first off, yeah, Jen, yeah. you know, you've said this a lot of times, you're darker skin, so mm, can't yeah. be friends with her. Yeah. And then Nani, because you have some Russian background, my dad mm-hmm. would say you're a communist. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> so, Lovely. Like, so yeah. I, growing up, you know, I was very sheltered. I didn't, like, I could have had other friends, but I, you know, but being a kid, you're like, well, you can't hang out with this person because they're dark skin or they're a Muslim. Blah, 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 blah. I still have to deal with that today. So, mm. my word of advice for people listening is you can't change other people. You can only change yourself and how you react to other people. Where mm. sometimes, you may want, you know, you got to choose your battles. Like, is this worth my time? <laughs> battle, you know, because sometimes it's just like a broken record, you know? So. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. You can talk to someone all day until you're blue in the face, you know, trying to convince yeah. them of how you feel or how you see at the end of the day, they're doing the exact same thing. <laughs> so yeah. if it's not, yeah. if you can't create an environment where everyone kind of puts that like guard down and is able to see past it and have like a real conversation about what's underneath there, then there's not much you can do for that person if they're not willing to look at that part no. of themselves. You know what I mean? So again, like you said, you have to do Free yourself from it first and foremost, and yeah, do what you and need I had to, to take myself out of that environment, yeah, because I think my mom is just, and my parents are acting the way that their parents probably taught. Of course, them. it's a yeah, generation they learned it from somewhere, right? So right. I can't like blame them. Like before, I I get so angry, but like I remember, like my grandparents on my mom's side, they were so cold. And actually, my grandma, when she sat down, we had to sit lower than her. Like wow. the queen is here. Like we could not <laughs> sit on the same level. Like you Whoa. know, having a throne. This is so, so dramatic. Yeah, she <laughs> played that role of being the trophy. And I'll tell y'all, if anyone wants to be a trophy wife, it is a job. Because, oh, yeah. you know, arranging all those events. And I remember my mom's like, well, we got to have picture taking. And don't even get started on you got to be there at noon for a family event. They don't get there till 6 p.m. <laughs> I got to go to my husband's family event. No, no, no. Crying, blah, blah, blah. And then just take the picture. I took the picture. Okay, you can go. I can't <laughs> deal with it. So, you know, choose your battles. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for sharing. I'm I'm kind of just soaking everything that you're sharing with, you know, taking everything in just because it's actually kind of funny. Like, I, I guess I'm just going to share this because, you know, I have like binge watch keeping up with the Kardashians. And I say all this because a lot of what they do, you know, they're socialized. They're known as American socialites. Like they, mm-hmm. they, you know, put together events and it's all about like networking and being amongst like the mm-hmm. wealthy people. Mm-hmm. And in a sense, it like your mom reminds me of that. Like your family reminds me of that, mm-hmm. of like having to keep the social appearances and, you know, mm-hmm. making sure that you are modeling that Maria Clara archetype, as we talked about, mm-hmm. like not like speaking out kind of thing. And, you know, I just think, it's just in a way, it's nice to kind of see, at least from my perspective, it's nice to see like the other side of what it'd be like to be in that space. And although it may seem in, in our eyes, it may seem quote unquote better, you know, you're here telling us like, hey, there's a there's a cost to living this life. There's a cost to quote unquote, you know, or like, let's say like being wealthy in a sense. It's like you have to keep up appearances. You have to associate with certain people. It's, you know, it's very political and it's very transactional with a lot of the relationships that you had. Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious to know, Rachel, like, why do you think that was so important to your parents? Like, what do you think they were trying to preserve? Were they trying to preserve their status? Were they trying to keep you safe? Like, why do you think, you know, wholeheartedly, like deep down, why that was so important for them to protect you from all these things? It was the family name and pride, really, Mm -hmm. because my parents... Behind closed doors, they went on separate vacations. They were about to get a divorce. I mean, my dad was miserable. He just wanted to work all the time. And he loved going on business trips. My mom was a socialite. So she had her group of friends. You know, so like when we were at these events, it's like we're a family. But it's funny because my my husband was like, I want to see pictures of you as a kid. Every single picture I was looked like I'm in a bad mood. So oh. that's really, really Telling. what it was like. And she's like, yeah. smile, 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 smile. 
pictures and then after like, okay well after the pictures it's like it's like okay i'm gonna go with my friends like this is it i'm home at home she's upstairs talking with her friends on the phone if she's not at an event with them and then my dad would be drinking at the table watching the nature channel and then you know i mean it's just those things so i would actually be hanging out with other people's families wow. like i had a family from chicago and they were caucasian i mean a lot of the my it's caucasian and Jenna, yeah. <laughs> one yeah. is an old friend from college I barely talked to. The other one, she has like 10 kids. <laughs> and that's a story for another time. But, well, because my, my husband's, he's Filipino American. He's like, you shouldn't make some more Filipino friends. And he was the one who actually introduced me because they were actually at the school, what my kid is attending. Mm-hmm. And so I got to know them. And she was like, I was like, why didn't you just come up to me? And she's like, it's so intimidating because you were going to be room parent for the entire school, you know? And I'm like, okay. But anyways, that's another story. But, you know, it was a, a lot of, I, I grew up in a predominantly Caucasian neighborhood. And to me, I don't seek people out because of the color of their skin, their ethnicity. If you're cool, I'm cool with you. I don't care what you look yeah. like. You know, I, obviously you want to be presentable, but, <laughs> you know, but you know what I'm talking about, you know? So that's what my husband said. He's like, the thing I love about you is you're so innocent. Like, and he's like, you don't see color. You just see people like their personality and how they are and blah, blah, blah. So that's just kind of one of those things. But I had to get out of that environment because I just, I could not. My cousin who's older than me, you know, she is still in that one. She's happy because, you know, everything's paid for. So, but for me, I just can't, I had to walk away. (laughs) Yeah, it, it sounds like it's a double-edged sword, you know, to right. to want to live that quote-unquote comfy life, you know. I was just thinking that also, you know, because you grew up in a household where your family was kind of always tied up doing their own thing and you were left to just like go to your friend's house or hang mm-hmm. out with other people's families, that obviously leaves a lot of room for like self-parenting in those formative years, right? So it's kind of no wonder you grew up kind of questioning what your family was saying at home, or maybe even like debating about it, arguing back. And so I think it's just interesting, like as a parent, how you navigate or kind of reconcile those like generational differences in like, oh, wow, my daughter is growing up and she's really seeing the world in a whole different perspective. And she has a whole different set of like opinions and beliefs about it than I do. And Again, for me, it just rings true of like such a deeply generational traumatic response for someone to say, oh, I'm not interested in her point of view. I'm, you know what I mean, living here in my own world and I'm going to maintain that. And she's crazy because she's off doing, you know, this, that and the other. And she's not marrying a Caucasian man and whatnot. So, (laughs) yeah, I'm just thinking about that from like a parent's point of view, because I think that's something we try to consider on this show when we talk about like family differences and where we get kind of like butt heads with our families and it always kind of boils down to that for me I guess and as a recent parent obviously I'm thinking about those things so I can try not to do them (laughs) to my own kid but yeah those are just my final thoughts on that yeah I feel the same way because whenever my kid because I am a workaholic, you know, but mm-hmm. I don't want to be like my parents. Absolutely. So my yeah. husband is always reminding me these little moments because there's just something that they say for, for kids, you know, families is the days are long, but the years go by so fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and you never get comes, the time back. No, you don't. So yeah. one of the things we started doing, I talked to you y'all before this, we are riding electrical unicycle together. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, I felt so many times like trying to ride the electric unicycle. <laughs> it's something like we do together that she will remember as a yeah. kid. Yeah. For me, my memories, oh my gosh, I just remember. Are your my, parents forcing you to do things that they want to do? Violin, like take photos. piano. Yeah. I don't want to go to a violin or piano yeah. recital for an <laughs> award. Like, how many right. awards do I have? Like, I'm like totally the, the Asian stereotype. You play piano, you know? 
know, so I'm just, I couldn't, <laughs> yeah. I can't, you know, and for her, I'm like, if you do like, you know, you can, but I'm not going to force you to do these things yeah. as a kid. And it's only because like, oh, well, she has a writing lesson and she has tennis and she has a piano and she want to tell her friends that because they're all competing yeah. because they're in the same social circle, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I just don't want to be in that. I'm actually... Now with COVID, more of a homebody. I never was. My husband mm-hmm. is a homebody and mm-hmm. my daughter is too. So just kind of hanging out. And if we want to ride the electric unicycle or the scooter outside, we're around the neighborhood and stuff like that. So just those little moments, like How fun. pay attention. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, my my memories as a kid, I remember my dad. This is like the, the earliest memories. Like I wanted to play with them. He's like, go away. I'm playing the guitar. And then like yeah. those are the moments that I have. And you're never right. going to get that back. Right. And you don't want to make you wouldn't want to impart that on your child either. That's literally what generational trauma is, you know. And so I think it's also, I guess, you know, a privilege to be in this generation where we're able to question these things and have these conversations. And we're not so, you know, internally tied up by it that we can't look it in the face and call it what it is. Right, exactly. It's been taking a a long time to get here. But now I'm at a point where, you know, my sanity is more important than keeping up appearances. Amen. So that's just me. Snaps for that. (laughs) Yes, yes. I would snap, but Nani's my snapper. So (laughs) thank you. Thank you. you. (laughs) I, I love where you're at right now in life, Rachel. It reminds me of where I'm at in life. And I may not have come from a family of privilege like yours. However, just like with many Filipino families, like I have had my share of traumatic situations and abusive and toxic type of relationships within my own family. And so what I've come to learn today is that I think that if you choose to be around people that is toxic, it's a form of codependency. It's kind of like, it's like, I think if you choose to be around that kind of environment, it could mean one or two things. Like one, you kind of like, you're, you're comfortable with it. Or two, it's like, you know, you have codependency tendencies. And if there's anything that I've come to learn, and I'm just kind of really speaking on my own lessons, I'm not trying to preach to the choir here, is that I have learned that like, it's possible to coexist with people without being codependent. And what I mean is that if I'm around people, if I can coexist with people where we have like mutual respect for one another, then I consider that a healthy relationship. You know, unfortunately, when I think about even my own like relatives and family, you know, just like with you, I eventually my my sanity became so much more important than you know, that loyalty to my family. And this is just a general term when I say family, like family, relatives, etc. And it's a very courageous thing to do, you know, because essentially when you step away from family, it's it's like you're voluntarily making yourself into an orphan <laughs> in in a sense. And so that's just sort of what comes comes to mind for me is like, you know, you have been able to just sort of what Nani mentioned earlier, like I'm sure that in that time of you uh, ha- like having your parents been absent growing up, you had to maybe self-parent yourself in your own way. And here you are, you know, today kind of being a person full of conviction, like knowing that you could easily, you know, be that quote unquote trophy wife, you know, you know, easily like live that comfy life, but you're choosing to live a purposeful life, you know, a life where you could be present with your daughter and your husband and you make your own money like you already do. As I mentioned, you have a lot of amazing things in your life right now. And I think it's beautiful, honestly, and it's inspiring. And I think it's part of the reason why I continue to enjoy doing this show is because I get reminded that I've learned to, in a sense, redefine what family is for myself and what I want it to mean moving forward. And I have come to learn that you know, I don't want to be in any relationship that makes me feel codependent, that makes me feel like I owe someone something, I'm in debt to them, you know, or I'm not good enough, or like, you know, they're not giving me the, let's say, emotional attention that I hunger for. It's like, I am allowed, I'm an adult, I'm allowed to seek that elsewhere now. You know, it's like my family, they raised me to the point where I could leave the house. And now I can kind of redefine what my life looks like for me. And I sort of sense that in hearing your story. And I feel very relatable to your story in that sense that you chose to, you know, step out of the socialite scene <laughs> to be your own person. So kudos to you. And thank you for also even kind of 
affirming my decisions that I've made so far in my life. I'd probably be bad as a trophy wife. <laughs> the, one of the things is my husband and also I was in the top 10% of my high school and my college mm. is that I had that intellect. Had I not had that intellect, maybe I would fall into that. But I did have that intellect. My English teacher wanted to get me into Berkeley. My constitutional law professor wanted me to get, get me into Columbia Law School. So I had that intellect. Had I not had that and been smart enough to figure it out, like what I wanted for myself, I may have been in that role. And it's funny that you said exactly what I was going to say about family. Because before I like always, I'd be so disappointed. I'd always give my parents a chance to explain them something and be the same right. thing over and over the same excuse. And my husband just had to tell me, Rachel, you've just got to face the truth. This is not your family. Your family is us. The family is a different definition. It's the people who are there for you right now. Right. Right. You know, you're sitting with them, you know, right here, default project, right? <laughs> Stuff like that. So it's just kind of like a different way of looking. What is family to me versus, Absolutely. okay, yeah, this is family. They're my blood, but what else, you know? Is yeah. There? Yeah, yeah I, I hear you on that. I and Nani and I have had offline conversations about my personal life and what I feel like I have been facing. And I've, yeah, I think that the definition of family has really been quite a challenge for me, and I'm sure for many of our listeners. So, you know, I hope, I hope that for you, the listener, this conversation really inspires you or affirms that even if you feel like an orphan from your own biological family, that you are in a great position to redefine what family means for you. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I think that that's maybe the theme of not the year, but the past season is like chosen family, you know, because yeah. I think, again, a lot of us find ourselves in that clash with our families where we don't agree, we don't want to condone it, we don't want to endorse it, but we also don't really want to, you know, take on that battle. Like you said, Rachel, we want to choose our battles and prioritize our mental health, and we'd rather just remove ourselves from that situation. Yet we still want that connection, that belonging, you know, that root. So it's important that we find that in spaces like this, you know, with our exactly. chosen family. Exactly. With that being said, that's why I joined biasboba.com as a member. Well, you know, speaking of which, thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I do appreciate, you know, thank you for giving us a chance because I we've had many conversations and, and you just listed it all here already of the reasons why you distance yourself from the Filipino community. So I just have to thank you, you know, again, for giving us a chance and, and believing in our community again, because you know, like the beauty of the Filipino community is we are diverse. And so, mm -hmm. and, and I've said this many times on the show, like I am not here for everyone. You know, not everyone is going to, you know, resonate with my story. Not everyone's going to like the style of our show. Not everyone's going to like it. And that's okay because I'm not meant for everyone. And I think that the lesson we need to learn in our community is you don't have to be for everyone. You know, mm -hmm. like, especially if you are a full fledged working adult who could have the ability to get access to mental health. <laughs> You know, like right. you can, you are allowed to put yourself first. You are allowed to set boundaries. And it's okay to admit that you can't help everyone. In fact, you know, being being a fellow business owner, it's difficult to help everyone. You have to be really clear with the type of audience and type of customer you want to serve. Because otherwise, it's really costly, right? <laughs> we call it a personal avatar. Yeah. If anyone's interested. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone's a personal interested. avatar, yes. Yeah. Personal <laughs> avatar, target audience, ideal client. Like, you know, you really have to be like every business has you know, a particular audience. And if you're shopping from someone, like just think about the last thing you spent money on. They probably, that company had every intent to market to you specifically, you know? And so I think thinking about it in a business perspective as well, especially if you are an entrepreneur, you know firsthand that you can't help everyone. You know, you do have to be specific. You do have to be mindful of your bandwidth and resources and energy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so at least for me, I have learned at, like having been self-employed for 12 years now, to be that specific. And I have, you know, kind of planted my flag here in focusing specifically with, you know, Filipina women in America, because it's like, that's what I know. That's what I'm familiar with. That's my passion. And I'm, you it's know, I will, die on, I will die on this hill if I have to. <laughs> 
anyway, that was my rant. Yeah. And to add to that, it came, it all stemmed from a place of you also feeling that disconnect with your family and kind of estranged Mm -hmm. from them and in kind of yearning that, again, connection and belonging with them, but not wanting to enter back into that kind of toxic environment, you know? So I think that this is a result of that. Rachel, all the success you've had is a result of that. And for anyone who's listening, who thinks, you know, it's just, too scary or too much to take that risk and kind of leave the nest, if you will, to explore something on your own. Um, just think about that, you know? Yeah. Well, without even trying, Rachel, you answered all the questions <laughs> I was going to ask you. So <laughs> that was beautiful, okay. beautiful progression. Yeah. <laughs> That's a testament to how much you listen to the show because you probably were anticipating yeah. some questions anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but um, tell us real quickly for people who are not yet a biasboba.com member, what has been your experience like consuming our, our content, our private content there so far? Oh, the chismas. <laughs> okay, I will tell you all that because I didn't grow up in a Filipino community. So yeah. I didn't know what chismas was. Yeah. But I saw the cover, I guess, the podcast cover for it. And it was during December. And I thought, it was actually a different way to spell Christmas with Jenna Nani. <laughs> so I thought it was actually a holiday podcast yeah. that they were promoting. Oh, that's hilarious. And then they kept promoting it, but it was spring. I'm like, it's not Christmas anymore. We're not even in December. You're like, and I so know we looked into Christmas it. for a long time, but not that so, long. <laughs> yeah. So I went on Google because I'm kind of a nerd and Love I Googled it. it and now I know it means gossip, I think, right? Yep. Gossip. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So, y'all, that is the real deal. It's really <laughs> fun. Actually, I did it, you know, to stay in touch, but also I just love the book club replays. Oh, oh love good. it. <laughs> I've been reading along. I haven't joined book club because I'm one of those people. I'm behind. I just started chapter two. But if I'm going to be a, there in book club, I will have notes. I will have an outline, everything. Oh, that is not me. And I don't want to be called on by Jen. <laughs> by so, Jen. So I, I have anxiety that way. So I'll, I'll keep note of that next time. Club, y'all, in the book club, Caitlin does an amazing job. She really yes. dives into the content. Yes. Shout out to Caitlin. So, I mean, you're getting, and I calculated it, so I'm, so I'm personal finance. It will cost you at this point, the membership, two and a half cups of boba per month. So if you actually learn how to make your own boba, you can get that out of your budget. Um, yes, wow. I love yes. it. Thank you, Rachel. Okay. Oh, I so. love that. Can we just clip that and replay it <laughs> in every episode? Sure. <laughs> <Her ringtone>. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so two and a half cups of boba per month. It ain't that hard to make boba. Okay. It is great just to kind of learn your heritage. And also Jen is really fostering a sense of community out there. And I and, think and that she's doing it. And Nani, <laughs> Jen and Nani, and also Hero. Sometimes he makes appearances as well, too. He does. So I think what she is doing, because I will tell y'all, I haven't found that. Okay, now I'm in personal finance. I did join a group. I'm making a lot of African-American friends. And it feels like family over there like girl I got you right yes yes I have yet to find that in the Filipino community until Tifa project biasboba.com and that's my spiel (laughs) Rachel thank you for selling us (laughs) really eloquently (laughs) and and I actually loved how when when you were messaging us your feedback I love how you described just Miss with Jen and Nani as the rated R version or like the adult version yes, of, yes. of the Tifa Project. And we're a little yes. more lighthearted here on Tifa Project. So if anyone's looking for the rated R version of Jen and Nani. You guys uh, got to join. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's where all the that's where all the action is. That's where it's happening. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I feel like we covered everything, Rachel. I think we talked very extensively about, you know, how we know each other and your family background and, you know, a little bit about what you're doing today. And I just want to make sure that we've covered all of our bases here. Is there anything else you want to share with our listeners before we wrap up? Sure. What did you think about that gift, that link that I sent you? Did you all check it out? 
I wanted oh. to give a gift to everyone. Oh my gosh. Now I feel like I'm in trouble. <laughs> I wanted to give a gift. I have a special coffee roasting and brewing tutorial. I would love to offer for yes. anyone who joins biasboba.com and is a, currently a member. Yes, yes. I have that. I have that as my unread email. Like all the links, all the all the book or movie recommendations and stuff you sent me. That's like on my unread list. And so I definitely saw that. I didn't like go all the way through with it. I apologize. Thank you for reminding us. And I appreciate we you giving that offer it. to to our supporters. And I yeah. will tell y'all, this is not just some YouTube video I threw up on the internet. This is something that since I'm in mobile home investing, I'm actually consulting with an award winning director for a film for my mobile home expertise. They wanted me to put something together for their donors. Okay, so this is wow. their donors. And this is a very professionally done. But basically, I go into I'm a coffee geek. My entire what I do when I do roast coffee at home, if you are interested in coffee, and also the history of coffee, and also my brewing techniques, and how you can actually roast your own coffee at home, even if you're on a budget, it'll blow you away. So join biasboba.com. Ah, Rachel, you're the best. Also, I haven't forgotten, I still owe everyone a Chomperado video. Oh, yes. Yes, <laughs> yes so you do. <laughs> that, that is on my to-do list, just so y'all know. And I think as we start to, um, you know, get back on YouTube and all that, like, and now that I'm settled, or I'm feeling settled being where I'm currently at for three months now, it, it'll come around. You know, it'll come around. It'll happen. It'll happen eventually. Just like how we always eventually get to your messages when you all <laughs> either reach, us, <laughs> reach out to us via text message or email or which actually, let me go ahead and wrap up with this. Actually, let me backtrack. Rachel, thank you so much for being on our show. Please let our listeners know. I'm sure there's going to be a, a number of them that want to reach out to you. How can they find you online? Sure. Besides biasboba.com, and I may make an appearance at an event there if you do join as a member. I'm not sure about book club because I need to be super prepared. But besides biasboba.com, you can find me online at mobilehomegirl.com. And that's girl with a U. Awesome. And of course, we'll have that in the show notes. Nani? Yeah, I was just going to say, by the way, for the book club, you don't even have to read the book if you don't want to. You can totally just join for the conversation. Just join to hear other people's thoughts. Just join because you're curious about the book, but you don't want to read it. <laughs> yeah. I, for one, didn't even finish the last part before we recorded. So <laughs> I read it like feel, the weekend before. <laughs> yeah, don't feel like you need to come super prepared. We would rather just have you there. One thing I did want to mention, if Caitlin is listening, this has been sitting on my desk Ooh. for months. It's Ooh. called The Embarrassment of Slavery. Wow. by Michael Salman. And I think Stacy had actually, she was in a video. She actually has it as well, too. Mm -hmm. But since I found out about my family history, and they may have owned slaves, mm. I got interested in Filipino history in terms of slavery that happens in the Philippines. So this could be something to... Caitlin is interested in reviewing. And yes. Yeah, no, we would love to put that on our list. We could all review it together. Yeah. And Rachel, I just love how you want to be an A student when you come up yes. to our book club. I am. Obvi obviously, there's no pressure, this but is an that's okay too. unconventional classroom, yeah. okay? Yeah, that is okay too. I mean, you may be teaching us. Asterisk on the unconventional. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm just super behind right now. I just started chapter two. And I know you all, next club is going to be chapter three. So yeah, I have the final part. chapter I'm two not yet. Even on that so yet. it's okay. <laughs> we are willing to meet you where you're at. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, with that said, I want to go ahead and remind our listeners that if you want to stay in touch with us, we do have a phone number, 415-484-8329. Again, that's 415-484-8329. Also, if you want to just be in touch with us via email, we do have a mailing list, which you can sign up for in the show notes. I want to stress both the text message and the phone number and the newsletter because Nani and I are busy. Like we rarely check our messages on our socials. We have found community in our newsletter as well as on biasboba.com. So that's where we're spending most of our energy. So if you do, you know, messages on Instagram or 
our other socials, please don't take it personally. It's just because we ourselves are setting healthy boundaries and you know focusing our energy in spaces like such as biasboba.com because you know we don't run the show for free. It does it does require some overhead and expenses and you know thanks to everyone's support on biasboba.com, we are finally a self-funded show. So uh, Jen is no longer paying out of pocket. Y'all welcome. <laughs> <laughs> for all this time. And it's thanks to people like Rachel and to our biasboba.com supporters for supporting us. So thank you all so much for that. Again, you can reach out to us via text message or email or sign up for a newsletter. We hope that you enjoyed today's conversation. You can get a hold of Rachel in the show notes. Um, she has her website there. Or of course, like she kept promoting biasboba.com. Thank you, Rachel, for that. And with that said, Nani, any closing thoughts before we, we officially say goodbye? No, just thank you, Rachel. It was so much fun to get to know you and your family background and again, the historical context behind it. So I think you really had a lot of value add to our community today. Thank you for sharing your story. No problem. I had so much fun. That's why I continue to listen to the show. Y'all are professional. You produce a good show, but you also are all a lot of fun to hang out with and chat with. <laughs> oh, Likewise. thank you. Here. You just see us when we're <laughs> drinking. It's even more fun. Oh, oh. <laughs> Kismas with Jen and Nani. Exactly. Kismas <laughs> with Jen and Nani on com. All right. With that said, thank you all so much for joining us. Happy 2022. I know it's already late, but I still like to say Happy New Year to anyone I haven't seen yet. We love and appreciate you all. And we'll chat with you in the next bonus episode <laughs> before our next season. Tune in next Yay. time. Bye. Bye.